Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Questo suono dal Sud America fino giù in Senegal profumo d'Africa nella Nuova Guinea la sentirai in Albania che assomiglia a casa mia riparte dal Belgio arriva in Croazia Slovacchia Polonia e Romania Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli Worldwide Series. This is a series all about our fans. I'm convinced that we have the best fans in the world, so I wanted to give our fans all over the world a platform where they can speak their minds, and this way you, the listener, can hear some opinions and viewpoints that are different from my own. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. We're heading back to the U.S. for today's episode, but I think for the first time we're heading to the West Coast, Today's guest is one of the most positive people you are going to find on social media, Dom Apuzo, who some of you may know as Dom the Barber. Welcome to Fort Sanapoli. Hey, how's it going, Joe? Appreciate you having me on board today, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure. So we have a lot to talk about. I was going to ask you to come onto the podcast in a couple of weeks because anyone who knows you knows that you are a huge Chucky Lozano fan, probably the biggest Lozano supporter that I know for sure. Uh, Mexico's playing in the Gold Cup, so I was going to have you on later in the tournament to discuss Lozano's play. Unfortunately, he's out for the tournament after a scary collision, so I will get your thoughts on that. I also want to get your take on the appointment of Luciano Spalletti, who's officially in charge now. The Serie A schedule was just released on Wednesday, so we'll take a look at Napoli's schedule and get your thoughts on that. And there are rumors about a possible Supercopa Maradona, so we'll touch on that as well. But before we get to all of that, I always start with our guest story. So Dom, I'll hand it over to you. How did you become a Napoli fan? So uh, I started actually following soccer, football, right? Or however you want to call it, around like 2006. When I saw the World Cup, uh, famous World Cup that we won, and and I was just watch soccer on and off, and you know I was in I hadn't selected a team or anything like that. Actually, I didn't pick Napoli. Napoli picked me because on my mom's side, everyone's from Naples, 
So when I would actually decided to actually follow a team, you know, I asked my mom, I'm like, hey, you know, what part of Italy are we from? I started just backtracking on my history. She told me Naples and, you know, I started doing my, my, my research and I saw Napoli and I just like, I was like, All right, that's my team. That's my club because I always follow every team that I follow and I cheer for. It's based on roots is where I'm from. So that happened around 2000, I would say 14. I'm, I'm not too sure on that. So, yeah, basically that's how it went. I just, you know, selected my boys and ever since then I've been locked on. Okay, so that's a pretty common story. You know, for most fans, I think it starts with family and it goes from there. And then, you know, you start to meet other fans. What's interesting, though, is you have a brother who's actually a Roma fan. So I'm curious to know, and, and obviously Roma is a big rival of Napoli. So how did that happen? How did your brother become a Roma fan? My little brother, man, talk about hardcore fan, bro. He actually coached the 11 to 13-year-old uh, kids in puerto rico he took them all the way to the nationals like in puerto rico and they won the final so the kid knows he knows his soccer he has it down point but anyways he became a roma fan because of Totti in 2006 he was like who's this guy the guy's out there painting on he used always to tell me that you give Totti a brush and he just paint the play for you on the field with the ball in his leg back then that's when i started getting to the sport again and that's how it went for him. So actually, when I decided to, uh, when I got on board with Napoli, he was kind of mad because he wanted me to be a Roma fan. <laughs> he said, like, yeah, but what about what about Roma? And I'm like, no, bro, that's not where I'm from, dude. Like, I'm not going to be supporting a team where I'm, not, where I'm not from. But I totally understand him because it was more of a connection with a player. And I respect that. So, yeah, but that's how it went. And we have a lot of arguments, my man, a lot of arguments that we actually made this deal that we're not going to talk about the rivalry between Napoli and Roma. We will talk about everything else. But when it comes to both teams, other, it would just get too ugly, man. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that's how it went. That's all right. I, at least you guys have worked out an arrangement that, that works for you. Cause I mean, I think worse has happened between rivals who, who haven't spoken to each other, but I guess because of your brother's passion for Roma, you had the privilege of meeting our current coach, Luciano Spalletti. So how did that happen? That's actually an interesting story. I went to New York to visit my brother for the summer. It was, I think it was 2016. And he was in touch with Roma Twitter and they had invited him to see training session up in Boston. And he was like, Hey man, can we drive up there? You know, can you drive me up there? We'll, we'll spend the weekend. I'm like, yeah, sure, bro. And at the time I was, uh, you know, I was already on board with Napoli. I was rocking them. So I asked my brother, I'm like, Hey, you mind if I take my, you know, I take my colors up there. My brother's like, hell no, you're not taking your colors up there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fair enough, bro. I get it. I'll be a neutral, I guess. <laughs> so anyways, we go up there and it was amazing, man. We, we're, we're waiting for the team. The team gets off the bus. And it's funny because actually the first person we saw get off of the team bus was Spalletti. And this guy sees my brother. We're in like in a VIP spot. By the way, props to Roma Twitter. They really hooked up my brother on that. It was an amazing experience. Um let me let me veer away from the story real quick. My brother got into an accident when he was when he was around 27. 
he uh, got into a bad car accident and he's currently paralyzed from from the chest down. And Roman Twitter really hooked it up for him because um, they they were aware of what happened to him and and you know they showed a lot of love when they brought us out there. So back to the story. Valetti sees us. He comes over, high fives us. He's vibing with us, just talking, like, you know, talking sports. Asking my brother, hey, you're excited for the season to come up. He's like, asking my brother, who's his favorite player? Obviously, my brother's going to say Toti and the Rossi. So, yeah, man, it was an amazing experience. He was really, really, like, really, really chill, really chill guy, like, down to earth. You know what I mean? Not stuck up, not like your typical, like, oh, you know, I'm a. I'm the coach stuck. Up. No, he's was a really good, really good person. Got really good vibes off of him. Well, I was going to ask you that actually, because most of us who haven't met him, we get the version that he's presenting on camera, right? And it's hard to tell is that the true Spalletti or is that the version he's presenting? It certainly seems like from some of the videos we've seen, and I know people tease him about. Bianca Neve and things like that, feeding the duck, and but it definitely seems like he's got a, a more laid back type of personality. He, he seems like he's his own person, right? Like he's he's gonna do him, and even if you know De Laurentiis is the guy standing beside him, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on on Spalletti being the guy to to lead this team, especially compared to Gattuso, who sounds like was a, a, almost the opposite personality, right? I'm really optimistic. People on Twitter might think that I wasn't too crazy about the idea of him coming on board, but I was already talking about Spalletti being an awesome coach for our team when uh, the job was open after we we sacked Carlos. He was the first person that popped up in my mind, but obviously ADL wasn't going to pick up somebody like him midseason. When it comes to my expectations, I think that he is going to definitely put us up in top four again. I think that he could probably even do more. I'm not going to say Scudetto, but I am going to say that he's going to make us a serious contender. Reasons why? I don't think he has coached a more talented team than ours. Back when he was coaching Roma, I don't think that team was as talented as, as our current squad or Inten. And look what he did with that squad, with both of those squads. Another thing is, you remember that run with Sari? We almost won the Scudetto. Who was the guy that stopped us? Who was the guy that took Sari and took him to school? Spalletti. So I'm thinking, you know, we have a good chance of doing some great things with him. Uh, another thing is I like how he rotates players and I like how he rotates positions. This guy is the mastermind at the false nine. So people are freaking out about our striker not being available for the Juventus game. but I think Spalletti already has that down. I think he already has already game plan in his head about how he's going to approach that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Mertens back in the role of a false nine. I could even see Lozano in, in that position because Mexico has put him in the false nine position and he has scored. So we'll see. But I'm really excited about him being on board. Yeah, well, we also saw Insigne play as the false nine in the Euros that just ended. So he he has options there. You mentioned Lozano, so let's move on to Chucky. Like I said, you are the biggest Lozano fan that I know, perhaps the biggest outside of even Mexico. I, <laughs> I really haven't met anyone who's a bigger fan of his than yours. So what is it about Chucky that you like so much? Bro, been following this kid 
before the World Cup, the World Cup 2018, right? So I'm already liking this kid. I live 20 minutes away from the border. I have a whole bunch of Mexican friends. I go down to TJ all the time. I'm really integrated into the Mexican culture. So that's one strong factor of why I like Lozano so much. Second thing is, I was watching the World Cup. I'll never forget this day. I was watching the World Cup. I was actually, I was doing security for a sports bar here in downtown San Diego. And they were showing every single game throughout the World Cup. And they had the Mexico against Germany game. The tensions were high. You know, a lot of Mexican fans were in the bar. They thought they were going to take an L. And man, at the end of the game, what was the 83rd minute? Chucky comes on, man, scores that winner in the group stages. And that started to be the downfall of Germany. When I saw that kid fire that ball up in there, clutch like that, world stage, doing that, I was like, instantly, I was like, bro, I would love for that kid to be at Napoli. And that was 2018. When did we sign him? Signed in what 2009? The 19, yeah, for the 1920 season. So then when they when we signed him, I'm like, what? We got the kid that I love? There's no way. And yeah, man, and that's that was the beginning. But then, as we all know, he didn't have an attractive first season at all. So I was already down about that. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, you know, the kid comes on board and now, now he's not he's not being effective. So when uh, Gattuso came and basically turned the guy around, that even made me enjoy him even more. And just to see that he was our second scorer, our second top scorer, the things that he was doing, the pressure he was putting on that back line. He was handing out yellow cards like they were candy on Halloween. You know what I mean? The defensive work that kid does, the way he tracks back, which people don't give enough credit to the defensive work he put in. You know, the kid is dangerous. He's every defensive player's nightmare when he's on that field, and they know it. So, yeah, I mean, you are right. I, 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 am, a, I am a big Lozano fan, and, and you see me. I, I defend him to the end. Like, that's a, if I have to stand alone on that Lozano mountain, I will. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, I think we completely upgraded in that position, too. That's another thing. You know, the whole thing with Callejon and like how he couldn't score in, in decisive moments and he wasn't even a threat when it came to scoring. To seeing Lozano step into this role and score how many goals? He scored 11 goals and he was injured for like two months. I mean, completely upgraded in that position. And, and I'm not taking anything away from Politano. I like him. Anyone that wears a shirt, I like. But uh, Lozano should be our starting right winger completely. I'm a fond believer in giving people a chance. And I think in general as a fan base, I don't know if this is a generational thing or what it is, but I feel like we're so quick to judge. We don't have patience. And if a guy doesn't perform immediately right away, we're saying we got to sell this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. And we don't factor in. I mean, I talked about this on the pod a while ago that this was a player... And you can say the same thing about Victor Osman. I think they have a lot of similarities, even though they're very different style players. But these were players that were coming from a different country, speaking a different language. They're coming to a country, they have to learn a new language, learn a new system, a new philosophy. It's a little bit unrealistic of us to expect someone 
to just come into that environment and immediately be successful. He he was also being, we both know that even though, like you said, he can play as a false nine, he has that flexibility. I think we would both agree that he's best used on the wing and under Ancelotti, he wasn't being, he, we were playing a 4-4-2. So there are a lot of factors that contributed to that. And then Gattuso came in right away. He made sure he knew how to speak the language and, and sort of straighten things out. So, and I don't want to bring up the Politano Lozano debate. I think we can all just be happy that we have both. <laughs> I mean, right? Like at the end of the day, they're both very, very good players. So we're we're happy to have both of them. I'm sure like the rest of us, you were probably devastated to see the video of Chucky in the Trinidad and Tobago game of the uh, the Gold Cup where he collided with TNT goalkeeper Marvin Phillip. I'm curious to know how you felt seeing that. What was going through your mind when you saw that collision? I was on the road at the time. I was heading back south. I went up to L.A. to uh, visit some friends. And I didn't get to see the, uh, I, you know, it's popped up on my notifications that he had gotten injured. But I didn't actually get to see it with my eyes till I got home that night. And, man, I didn't even get on Twitter that night. That looked like a serious, serious injury. Just the way his head took that hit and his neck snapped back. And like, you know, having a close family member going through an accident where something similar like that happened to him, I was already like thinking the worst. So I avoided Twitter. I avoided everything. People don't even understand like how, you know, that kind of hit me hard. When the uh, results came that he was okay, that it was just a head collision, that, you know, there was no damage to the to the spine, that was a relief. But then we were waiting for the... Uh, neurological exams to see if there's any type of brain damage that was there, which could happen, you know, especially an impact like that. They had to reconstruct his eyebrow or something. I heard something like they had to reconstruct his eyebrow. Yeah, he had to get 40 stitches because it was a pretty deep cut. And they used, you're right, they used, a, I believe it was a plastic surgeon that did the work. Then I saw him come up on his page wearing a neck brace as precaution, I'm like, my God, this guy looked like he just got into a car accident, you know, and that's going back to my brother, you know, it just brought some, some, some bad memories that I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I really wasn't trying to experience. And granted, I don't know the guy right in person, but there is a personal attachment there. There's a love because he plays for the team that I adore and I liked him way before. So it was scary, man. It was very scary for me. I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad he's going to be ready to go four to six weeks from now. I really don't want him to come back in a rush. I hope he takes his time. Even if he misses four or five games, I don't care. I just want him back 100%. And that would have gone for any of my players, you know? Any of my players suffered an incident like that. I would I would not want him to get rushed back at all. One thing about Lozano I wanted to say too is the kid is playing in a position that he normally doesn't even play in, right? So his position is on the left side, but we all, we already know who plays on the left side, right? Which I'm hoping Lorenzo gets some minutes taken off, especially after this Euro run. He's 30 years old now, not saying he's old, but I would like to see some position rotation as well, like players being rotated around, not only from the bench onto the field, but from the field, from positions itself. So... Yeah, I would love to see him on the left side because he's a different animal on the left side. I think his dribbling skills aren't the best, right? He's no messy, but I think they're better on when he's on the left side. 
so yeah, I just wanted to go back on that. That's another thing that I love about Lozano is that he could play three positions. Yeah, I have a couple of comments. First of all, I think it was a good idea that you stayed off of social media. I mentioned this on, I think it was a couple episodes ago, and then we spoke about it offline as well. There was a lot of stuff I was seeing on social media that really upset me because when you see a collision like that, I didn't have access to the game, so I didn't see it live, but the the video surfaced and the news surfaced pretty quickly on social media. And while there was definitely a lot of positive energy, a lot of people praying, there were also a lot of people that just made it about themselves and complaining that that should have been a penalty, complaining about the ref, complaining about Napoli being unlucky to have players injured on international duty. And, and it infuriated me, which I was surprised about because I'm not, as you can probably tell from the podcast, I'm not a guy that gets angry that easily. But Not at all. Yeah, when you see something like that, though, there's only one thing that matters, and that's the health of the player, right? Exactly. So that was definitely tough. I'm very, very happy to see the news when the, uh, both when the the MRI came back negative, and then when the the neurological exams were favorable. And yeah, I agree, slow recovery, no need to rush it. Let's make sure we get him back. We talked about Politano again. That's one of the benefits of having two players that are really good at their position. You can afford to let a guy like Lozano recover because you have a more than adequate replacement there waiting anyways. So definitely don't need to rush it. I also agree on your point about resting certain players. I think the two in particular are Insignia, as you mentioned, definitely played probably too many minutes last season. And Di Lorenzo is the other one who played way too many minutes. Even though he's a fullback, you tend to think of defensive players not being as as active we all know how busy our fullbacks are and they play like wingbacks really so while i don't think we'll have too many players coming in maybe we'll see if kevin malqui stays who knows try to rotate in someone uh, to give those guys a little bit of rest one thing i wanted to check with you on as well you mentioned how close you are to mexico and and the culture and the fans there we signed lozano as you said in 2019 and now there are, I mean, you tell me, but there are probably a lot more Napoli shirts in Mexico than there were uh, before we signed them. I mentioned Victor Osman. We signed him in 2020. There are now a lot more Napoli shirts in Nigeria than there were before we signed them. Now, I'm sure the number one criterion for signing players is is not where they're from. It's the quality of the player. But do you think there is maybe a secondary motivation there, namely to market the club internationally? Secondary motivation, like from the club, you mean? Yeah, so the club is thinking, okay, first and foremost, we want to sign players that are talented. But I wonder if with these two signings in a row now, if they're also thinking, okay, if I sign a player that's from abroad, that opens up a market for the club in terms of merchandise sales, jersey sales, that sort of thing. Do you think maybe that's something we're doing intentionally or we just want to sign the best players and it just so happened they're from different parts of the world? I would like to think that. I would like to think that that's a a motivation. But I think it's more a ADL's way of of signing players that are, are young and haven't really fully developed yet or are on that path. Evidence shows that we're not the club to sign a top player that's already established unless they're going through some period where they need to like uh, redeem themselves. I do think that once we make these signings, that motivation automatically clicks in about how to market because you could see the shirts of Lozano in Naples repping his Mexican heritage or or where he's from. 
and same with with Victor. On this side of the map over here where I live, it's huge. It's really huge because, it, like you said, I'll be chopping it up with one of my fellow Mexican friends or someone I just met. And they'll ask me, hey, what's your team? What's your club? Who's your club? And I'll be like, oh, Napoli. Like, ah, Lozano, automatically. You know what I mean? So they know Lozano plays on, on Napoli. So it, it really does help us as a club to be out there in an audience like that. So I'm all for it, man. I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you, though, a lot of Mexicans would like to see Lozano play in a bigger club. And that's what frustrates me not from them, but from our fans that would love to see him leave. And I'm like, why would you want to see this kid go? I, I just don't understand. And that's where Dom gets all defensive. <laughs> I would love to keep the kid for as long as we can. I don't think he's going to be one of those players that's going to be a Mertens or an Insignia. I don't see him staying for his whole entire career, but I would love for us to lift the school with him on our squad. Yeah, you make a good point. We definitely target players before they've hit their prime with the hope of cashing in on them down the road. There's pros and cons. One of the benefits of hiring international players is that there's tax benefits, which the club pays on behalf of the players. So there's like a 50% savings on the tax. But at the same time, there's a limit on how many non-European Union players you can have in the team. So yeah, maybe that's not a motivation in and of itself because you can only have like four players from abroad but you're absolutely right once we do sign one of those players you definitely see their countries back them the other thing is that napoli is such a welcoming place and i I, that's another point i always point out because whenever we sign players from abroad they always seem to feel like napoli reminds them of where they came from even though they've all come from different places and speaking of napoli being a, a welcoming city there are rumors circulating about a match between the European champions, Italy, and the South American champions, Argentina, what's being dubbed the Supercoppa Maradona, and that would be staged in Napoli at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona. How cool would that be, Dom? Bro, I'm just waiting for the date, man. When the date comes out, I'm going to be making plans to buy a plane ticket to get my butt over there because... I've never been in Naples, and I've been dying to go. So what better match to see for the first time from the city that my family's from? So I'm just waiting, man. I'm waiting for that day. It would be awesome to see Messi out there, you know? It would be awesome to see to see our boy uh, Lorenzo out there and everyone just going at it. Totally excited, man. Totally excited. Have you heard anything about the date coming out or when it's going to come out? Yeah, the the rumors are that it would be probably in the winter time. I don't know if it would be during an international break or if it would be just during the, the winter break. That's what I've been hearing. I guess it's not even confirmed yet, but I know the counselor of sports for the uh, municipality of Napoli, Ciro Borriello, he was on Radio Kiss Kiss on Wednesday And he said that there's a maximum willingness to host this match. So definitely seems like everyone has the intention of making it happen. And also, when you look at the makeup of both of those countries' squads, they're predominantly players from Europe anyway. So I think logistically, because I was thinking, you know, it's obviously it would favor Italy a little bit to have the game in Italy as opposed to Argentina. But I think most 
of the Argentinian players are also playing their club football in Europe anyway, so the logistics seem to make sense. I think it's going to happen, and hopefully it does, because that would be also a beautiful way, just not just to to recognize what those two countries have achieved, but also to tribute Maradona, who obviously you know passed away last year and didn't get a really a proper send off at the stadium because fans weren't allowed. Let's close with the schedule for the 2021-2022 campaign that was released on Wednesday. For the first time, the second round is not a mirror image of the first round, which is a little bit different. I think I'm okay with that. I don't know if it really makes a difference all that much. Dom, any initial reactions to the new schedule? The first thing that popped up for me was that we're playing Juventus Week 3. And I don't think Osamu's going to be available. I hope he is. But I don't think Osamu is going to be available. And I don't even know the status on Mertens. I mean, he should be available by then. Other than that, I like who we're facing for the first week. I'm glad, you know, it's not like one of the top four. We're just going off the bat. My birthday is on December 16th. Uh, I was planning on going out there for my birthday, and I'm not too happy that we're playing Milan away. <laughs> but hopefully, like we just talked about, that match between Argentina and Italy does go down. I'll just go up for that one. But other than that, I like how that season also is ending. It's not difficult. It's not a difficult set of games ending. So if we're hunting for something, you know, it won't be that hard for us. With the schedule as a whole, I don't really have that many complaints. The second part of the season where we're going to be playing Juventus without a couple of key players, that's going to be a little bit of an issue, but we do have a new coach. And I think he could deal with that. I think he could get it done. But, no, it remains to be seen. I definitely circled the Juve games on my calendar as well. And you're right. I think we can manage, even if Lozano and Mertens are not available for that third-round game against Juve, which is weird. We seem to always play Juve very, very early in the season. At least, I think, three of the last four seasons, something like that, we've played them very early on. But I think we have enough players that we should be okay. The return game, for those who don't know... The reason why we may be without a couple of key players is because that game is the first game back after the winter break. It's on January 6th, I believe. The African Cup of Nations commences on January 9th, so only three days after that Juve game, but usually there's a training camp preparation ahead of the tournament. That's basically Africa's equivalent of the Euros, right? So more than likely... Victor Osimhen and Kaladu Koulibaly won't be available for that game, which it sucks. But I mean, if if you want to take, you're a positive guy. I mentioned that at the beginning. If you want to take a more positive outlook, that tournament basically lasts a month from January 9th. So it ends February 13th, something like that, which means there are four Serie A games during that stretch. And in a way, we kind of got lucky with this schedule because the teams that we play during that month are Santoria, Bologna, Salernitana, and Venezia. So two newly promoted clubs and two mid-table teams. I think we should be able to win those matches even if we don't have those two players. So if you want to take a bit more of a positive spin on, on that, I think we dodged a bit of a bullet there. I agree we have a bit of an easier end to the season. Even that is something that I'm a little bit not sure how I feel about it. It's good in the sense that if it's a tight race at the end of the season, then yes, that's great. I mean, we finished the season against Empoli, Sassuolo, 
Torino, Genoa, and Spezia. So none of those teams really scare you. Maybe Sassuolo. I mean, they took some points from us last season, but that's that's a good way to end the season. I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions after the way last season ended, but you know, if you had to pick, that's pretty close to what you, you would have picked. The only other thing I'd point out is we do have a couple of tough stretches, which every team is going to have. I mean, you can't really complain about it, but just just for the listener's benefit, there's a stretch early in the season. Uh, well, in the first round, not so not so early, rounds 12 to 16, which is basically the entire month of November and the first week of December, where we play in order Hellas Verona, then Inter, Lazio, Sassuolo, and Atalanta. So that's that's a bit of a tough run. But again, at least this time around, we're not playing every three or four days. I think those stretches are a lot worse when when you're playing two games a week like we were last season because of the compressed schedule and you're kind of forced to rotate players. We still will be playing midweek Europa League fixtures or Copa Italia or whatnot, but in theory, you should be able to start your best 11 for all of those matches. And then again, from rounds 25 to 29, so this is early in the second round, we have a similar type of run. It's a little bit mixed up because, like I mentioned, the second round is no longer a mirror of the first one, but we would play Inter, then Cagliari, who's not bad, then Lazio, Milan, and Verona. So a couple of tough stretches, but like I said, everybody has that. Yeah, like Juventus, for example, I think their first 10 games are it's going to be rough for them. So, yeah, like you said, you know, I didn't even factor in the Europa, man. I didn't even think about that. It just reminded me about that. Ah, oh, that Europa League, bro. Oh, Thursdays. <laughs> Thursdays, man. I mean, and it's not the trophy that I'm discrediting. It's just the time. I mean, it doesn't give our players full rest. I just think, I don't know. I have my own opinions about the Europa League when it comes to the scheduling. I mean, of course, they're not going to play at the same days they're going to play the Champions League because then you know the ratings would go down but oh man the Europa League could really uh be a, a factor for uh you know making a run in Serie A sometimes you know yeah credit to the league I think that in general they do try to to schedule the Serie A matches to even out the rest a little bit so if you're playing on a Thursday we wouldn't play our game until the Sunday or maybe even the Monday. So yeah, hopefully that doesn't interfere too much. It, it seems like Spalletti does want to go after games, regardless of the competition. Like in his official presentation, he was asked about the Europa League and he said, I care about the Europa League. I care about the championship. I care about friendlies even. And what he was kind of getting at was, which is something I really like about Spalletti, is he was talking about having a, that killer instinct, that winner's mentality that we've sometimes lacked. And you know, people talk about as much as we hate Juve and, you know, because they're our biggest rivals, but that's something they do have. It's like, it doesn't matter what game you're playing. <laughs> he wants to win everything. So I do like that about him. And this is not an exact quote, but I did like when, when he said that he wanted Napoli to represent a bunch of street kids with something to prove. And those words to me was probably the most important part of that interview because you know what that gives us that gave us an identity not an identity when it comes to tactics but an identity when it comes to the city to the people to the fans to say that I was like wow this guy knows what he's saying he probably took some classes in psychology I don't know but he's smart he's smart to say that the fans the, the players everyone's thinking all right 
all right, this guy just, you know, he's, he wants to install this identity. And I like it. A bunch of street kids having something to prove. That's the ultimate underdog. What does that make you want to do? That makes you want to win. Another thing, I'm hoping that we bring that winning mentality and performing under pressure from the Euro. Because Insignia and Dilo, they really needed to step up on the European stage. And they did. And they tasted victory. And I, I hope that they bring that to our team because that's what we need. This, one of the things that frustrates me about our reactions is that we fall back to the losing mentality, you know, like, oh, the refs this. And I get it. I understand the history and I know the evidence is there. But you take an L, take the L, move forward. Don't blame people. You know, just move forward. Click in, go. Because none of our players are doing that in the Euros. No, when it was time to perform, we went out there, did our job, came back. So I'm hoping that we could bring some of that to Napoli. That's a great point. Insigne in particular is a guy that has struggled mentally. So hopefully being in that type of pressure pack situation helps calm his nerves when he comes back to Serie A. And it'll just feel like there isn't as much pressure. I mean, Napoli can be a pressure pack situation as well, but he can now say to himself, I'm a champion of Europe. This shouldn't bother me, right? And same with Di Lorenzo, who I, I don't think buckles under pressure necessarily, but it's just taken, should take their game to the next level. But back to Spalletti, I think hopefully he practices what he preaches because he was hitting all the keys in that in that press conference. Uh, you know, you mentioned the street kids, the Scunizzi. That's that's a term that resonates with the locals. He talked about Saro Conte, that, you know, again, something that resonates with the fans. They put it on the pinnies. So Hopefully he delivers on that and he wasn't just catering to the media. A couple other dates I just wanted to highlight on the schedule. Uh, November 21st, which is the 13th round, that's Spalletti's first match against his former club Inter. So I think that's definitely something that will draw a lot of attention. October 24th and April 16th, which are rounds 9 and 33, are the two days that Dom will not be talking to his brother. Those are the two Derby del Sol <laughs> and... Uh, and those games... Um, We're not talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and again, that's another team that Spalletti formerly coached. I mean, it was a little bit a, a while ago now, but I'm sure there's still some meaning there to him. So I think that's where we'll wrap it up, Dom. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Any final words before I let you go? Man. Forza Napoli sempre. That's all I got to say, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on board, dude. I uh, appreciate this. I'm not one to jump on podcasts. I definitely am excited to be on yours. I always follow your stuff. I always listen in on, on the info you provide. And I just wanted to say I appreciate you for all the work you put in. Tell you the truth. It really does help us as a team, as a club. It helps the fan base to get the info out there. And you know, I really do appreciate the love you show fellow fans. And... I love how you're optimistic all the time, man. And you keep your cool when a lot of people lose their cool. So, yeah, man, just wanted to give you props, brother. I appreciate that. I mean, that's, I have to say, we have, like I said at the top, we have the best fans in the world. I get a lot of positive feedback on the podcast, constructive feedback, which I love too, because that's what helps me improve the podcast. And, and that's genuinely what keeps me doing it because it's a passion project. It's it's something I do out of the, the love for this club. So I, I really appreciate those those kind words. If you want to find Dom on Twitter, you can find them at Dom Apuzzo. 
By the way, if you happen to be in the San Diego area and you're looking for a fresh cut, look Dom up. He'll definitely take care of you. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore Fischetti5, and you can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forza Napoli Pod. I'll be back next week with the first episode of Season 3 to talk about our first few days at Di Mauro. But until then, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre! Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.